We commenced today's show, though, in conversation with an old friend who has a new job. Well, I don't mean to call him old. He's, he's an old <laughs> friend. He's not old. An old friend who has a new job. The right Reverend Dr. Frederick Douglas Haynes III is the new president and CEO of the Rainbow Push Coalition, founded, of course, by the iconic Reverend Jesse L. Jackson Sr. Dr. Haynes has long been the prophetic pastor and visionary leader of the Friendship West Baptist Church in Dallas, Texas, and I am pleased to welcome him to this studio and to this program, my friend, Freddie Haynes. How are you, sir? Tavis Smiley, I'm just honored to be here. I thank God for you. I thank God for your standing in the tradition of Frederick Douglass, Ida B. Wells, using your journalistic integrity mm. to continue to force us to have conversations about liberating and empowering us. And so to be here today uh, is a great honor. And again, to stand on the shoulders of mm. the heroic icon of Jesse Jackson, it means so much. So thank you very much. No, it's my honor to have you here. And I'm looking forward to this hour. This conversation uh, is going to be rich. Uh, I was in Chicago a few weeks ago yeah. on, on your first Saturday. Yeah. Uh, for so many years, uh, Reverend has done the Saturday program. Right. Uh, and those in Chicago know it well. And whenever I'm in Chicago, I always make it a point to swing by there and okay. sometimes surprise him when I'm in and town. he did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't know I was in town that day. So I popped in to see him knowing that you were going to be there. Okay. The word was out that you were, you know, taking over that particular Saturday and that you were going to be uh, uh, the speaker, the main speaker at the broadcast. I said, let me pop over there and see my friend Dr. Haynes and Reverend Jackson. And it was great to see the two of you. And uh, you told me you were going to be in L.A.? And yeah. I said, when you're in L.A., please come out of the studio and let's have a conversation. So here uh, he is. Uh, uh, Dr. Frederick Haynes is in studio. Uh, and I look forward to this hour. It's going to be a rich dialogue about um, his now uh, leading uh, the Rainbow Push Coalition, uh, what it means to take over from the iconic Jesse Jackson. Mm. Um, I want to talk about Jesse Jackson. Yeah. Um, he's at that point now. We, we're all going to get there where we end up doing that dance with mortality. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, as you know, <laughs> you've, you've funeralized many. <laughs> Man. Ain't but one way out of here, right? Yeah. Uh, and so we're all going to end up doing that dance with mortality. But this moment has is causing, and I think it's a good thing, a lot of us to reconsider the legacy of one Jesse Jackson. We'll talk about that Please. and a great deal more as we move through this hour. Our guest is Dr. Frederick Haynes III, the new president and CEO of the Rainbow Push Coalition live right now on Tavis Smiley. More of Tavis Smiley when we come forward. More honesty than you can handle. More empowerment than you can imagine. You're tuned in to Tavis Smiley. And I'm glad about it. Our guest in this first hour today is Dr. Frederick Douglas Haynes III, he is the new CEO and president of the uh, Rainbow Push Coalition. I said moments ago that I want to spend part of this hour uh, reassessing the legacy of one Jesse Jackson. I don't yeah. know what it is about us, uh, Freddie Haynes. I, I I call you Freddie Haynes when we talk privately. I should oh, call yeah. you Dr. Haynes no, since, we're we're on, since we're on the air, man. Give you your respect. <laughs> uh, he is Dr. Haynes. He's Pastor Haynes. He's my friend, though, and I just call him Freddie Haynes when it's the two of us. So forgive me for that. I'll try to do better at that throughout this hour. Man, 30 years, bro. 30 no, we, years. We've been friends a long time. Yes, man. sir. Yeah, and I appreciate every, every day of that friendship, brother, that brotherhood. Um, but I don't know what it is about us as yeah. a people or as a nation. But oftentimes we don't really get around to appreciating the rich legacies yeah. of, 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 of iconic fellow citizens until we see them doing that dance with mortality. Yeah. Um, the same thing happened to Ali. Oh, yeah. The whole nation rethought Ali. The yeah. whole world rethought Ali. 
Uh, when he had Parkinson's and he's Thank shaking you. and he couldn't speak and you know, he's lighting the torch. Then yeah. all of a sudden we fall in love again yeah. with Muhammad Ali. Right. So it happens to it happens to the best of our people um, when they get to that moment that we start rethinking their legacy. I want to get to that in a moment here, but let me just start by asking how Reverend Jackson convinced you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good one. It, yeah. How did, how did he convince you? Because let me just say this. Uh, there was a position years ago, a major, major national position years ago, yeah. that people came to me to ask me what I consider doing. And I thought about it. I, I didn't want to just, you know, poo-poo it. So I, I thought about it, and I decided I didn't want to do it because that position had so many iconic people in it. Mm. And the board of this organization had 64 members. Hallelujah. I, I ain't calling no names. <laughs> the national board. And I'm like, I don't want to wrestle with 64 Negroes every yeah, day hey. trying to run a national organization. Yeah. Uh, and the person who had just stepped aside was iconic in his own right. And I wasn't sure at that wow. age wow. that I could do what I wanted to do or needed to do to yeah. take that organization to another level. Real talk. And so I passed on the opportunity um, to to be considered uh, as the finalist to run that organization, and I never talked. I never said that publicly until now. Wow! So I I have some sense of what it's like when somebody of Jesse's stature yeah. comes to you and says, "Okay, you know what I've done, but I have to step off the scene at some point, and yeah. I'm asking you to consider running Rainbow Push." How did he convince you to do it? Wow! That is the question of the year. Yeah. Uh, this conversation began about five years ago. Mm-hmm. With his family, it began seven or eight years ago. I was speaking for him one Saturday morning, mm-hmm. and Mrs. Jackson, as well as Jonathan, Jesse Jr. then called me, and they said, you really need to pray about succeeding dad, mm-hmm. succeeding my husband. And so I uh, laughed mm-hmm. and said, y'all playing, <laughs> and, uh, you know, you all keep on doing what you're doing. God bless you. And then, ironically, uh, at the 19, no, not, 2019 NAACP convention, mm-hmm. NAACP, they have 64 board members. Yeah, yeah you said that. Well, I, 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 I did not say that. You, you said that. <laughs> and, uh, but at that convention, I was, I, I was speaking, and Reverend Jackson was there. Mm-hmm. And he said, I want to speak to you afterwards. I said, okay. And so he said, uh it's time for you to take over Rainbow Push. I said, take over Rainbow Push? I said, so what are you going to do? <laughs> and so he said, uh, I'm going to move to the side. He said, you need a platform for what it is you're doing. I said, but you're the president and CEO of Rainbow Push, and that's going to be the case you know, from now on, henceforth, and forevermore. Mm-hmm. And so uh, he said, no. It's time for you to uh, take over. I said, I didn't know there was a conversation Mm. about me taking over Rainbow Push. And so he then brought in some others. We had a series of conversations that week, which led to a series of conversations, uh, I guess, for about a month or Mm. two, uh, where I would go back and forth between Dallas and Chicago. And then uh, COVID hit. Mm -hmm. And when COVID hit, I breathed a sigh of relief because the conversation didn't happen as often. Because in all honesty, first, I could not say no to one of my heroes. Mm -hmm. Jesse Jackson is without question a hero of mine. Uh, He's iconic. 
he has shaped so much of what I think ministry ought to look like. Mm. He has shaped so much of what I think justice ought to look like. And so for him to ask me to succeed him, it was overwhelming. It was crazy. Mm. And so when COVID hit, uh, I just, I basically, you know, and I hate to say it, but COVID was my sigh of relief. Mm. I was able to basically get him to quit thinking about it because we had other challenges to deal with. Mm -hmm. And so uh, time went by. But also, to be honest, I mean, you know how Reverend is wired. He is wired where if you wake him up at three o'clock in the morning, he has some vision, some ideas, some notion of what we ought to be doing to fight for justice. Mm -hmm. That's just how he's wired. Mm -hmm. And so at the same time, if we're honest, he wasn't really ready to step aside at the time, mm -hmm. but it was on his mind, giving him credit. Mm -hmm. You said something to us, Tavis, when you were in Chicago, you said that black organizations, black churches, black institutions do not transition well. The worst. We're the worst. The worst, man. And so that's why church, church is split every every come week. Come on, man. And so for him to yeah. think about it, yeah. being the icon that he is, it said a lot about him. But at the same time, he was not quite ready. And honestly, I wasn't either because mm -hmm. I thought it was a big joke at first. I said, this is an ongoing April Fool's joke. Mm -hmm. And April 1st and passed, <laughs> I don't know how long ago. And so uh, then in April of this year, ironically, April of this year, he called me again. And he said, all right, it's time. And uh, then a few others around him called me and said, it's time. Rev's health is in decline. We need to do something so that Rainbow Push can continue. Mm -hmm. There is no success without succession. Mm -hmm. And so given that, we had a series of conversations. And the conversations were honest. Uh, they were straightforward. They were transparent. And because I wanted to go in with my eyes open, mm -hmm. uh, knowing that, you know, this is an icon. This is someone on our Mount Rushmore of leadership, mm -hmm. period. Mm -hmm. Not just black America, but the world respects Jesse Jackson as a heroic leader who has done so much good. And so the notion of trying to succeed, you know, the Jesse Jackson a is crazy, mm -hmm. you know, and so I had to hear from God on this. Uh, and as Jesse would, as Reverend Jackson said, he wanted me to hear from Jesse and Jesus. <laughs> and uh, I don't know what order he was wanting me to. Yeah, I'm I, I about to say that. I'm about to say that. You beat me to it. Yeah. <laughs> so so it, it's, it's been an ongoing, long conversation, yeah. to be yeah. honest with you. And. Uh, he still has, I mean, matter of fact, he calls me every day to continue to convince me mm -hmm. uh, that this is something I should do. And the announcement was made last <laughs> month, but he's still trying to convince me you, yeah. that I need to do this. I, I, I watched, though, um, as I came by the, the Saturday broadcast when I was in Chicago a few weeks ago, uh, I watched you kill it as you always do. And I, I'm still I'm I'm still telling people about that about that sermon that day you preached. Keep on flapping, <laughs> keep on flapping, I keep on flapping. It. I'll let you explain that in a second. The keep on <laughs> the keep on flapping thing. Um, you 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 nailed it that day. And I watched Reverend. I watched Jesse watching you. Yeah. As you were at that podium. Yeah. And obviously you're facing the audience, so you can't see him sitting behind him, sitting behind you, looking at you. Yeah. But I watched him, and I've known him for years as you've known him. Yeah. Um and I can see the sincerity 
yeah. in his expression. I could see the pride. I could see the feeling that he had made the right decision to make you the man wow. uh, to take over Rainbow, uh, the Rainbow Push Coalition. But I, I was watching him as much as I was watching you. Wow. And my vantage point in the audience allowed me to see That's both right. of you. Yeah, That's right. I was off to the left over you there. You sure were. So I could see the two of you. I'm watching you, and I can see him right behind you. But the joy, um, the joy that I could see in his face and in his smile, watching you do what you do, um, was a was a beautiful thing to see. So you know, you don't need to hear it from me. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't think he regrets at all the decision. He may, wow. he, he may be still trying to convince you. Oh yeah, but I don't think is. I don't think he, I don't think he regrets his decision. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At this point, well, that means a lot. Yeah. And uh, because to hear you say that makes me flash back to me watching him. Mm. In 84 and 88, mm-hmm. as he literally transformed the trajectory of American politics, That's right. especially for black folk, yeah. setting the stage mm-hmm. for one Barack Obama. Let's just let's just go there. Since yeah. you went there, I'm going to follow yeah. you. This audience yeah. knows they've heard me say it more than once over the years. There is no Barack Obama if there is no Jesse Jackson. If Period. You ne- if you've never heard this story, let me tell it to you again right quick in 30 seconds. When Jesse runs in 84, Jesse runs in 88, the Democratic Party had a primary system of winner. Take, take all. all. Say that. Winner take all. So if Jesse had gotten 25 or 30% of the vote in California and Dukakis had gotten 70% of the vote in California, right. Dukakis took all the votes. Right. Took Jesse's delegates. Right. Winner takes all. Right. That was the procedure until Jesse forced the Democratic Party, along with Ron Brown becoming the, the brother Say chairman. That. That's right. Jesse and Ron Brown forced a change, but Jesse led this fight to change it from winner take all to proportional voting because Jesse never got the true delegates that he deserved. Exactly. Because it was winner take all and not proportional voting. Jesse forces that change through. If that change is not in place, when Barack and Hillary go head to head, Hillary wins the Democratic nomination. She wins and Barack the Obama Democrat. is not your black president. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And so, uh, too, in too many instances, we overlook Jesse and his impact because mm-hmm. Reverend Jesse Lewis Jackson changed the rules of the Democratic Party. And not only that, he's the only candidate to not win the nomination mm-hmm. and yet have coattails that resulted in so many black politicians being swept into political offices and offices that were appointed that were offices of power you have that because of jesse jackson and so it really is almost heartbreaking when we think about 08 happening and even 2012 happening and we not give credit to the impact of jesse lewis jackson senior there's no question uh about the fact that there is no obama as we both just uh said without jesse changing those rules in the democratic party at the same time i'm glad you raised this issue of coattails you know, I voted for Barack Obama. I said this many times. I voted for Barack Obama both terms, and people yeah. saw my critique of him and thought that I was a hater. I never hated on Barack Obama. Exactly. If the choice was Barack Obama, John McCain, and Sarah Palin, are you stupid? Put down the crack pipe. <laughs> I'm going with Obama and Biden. If the choice is Mitt Romney <laughs> right. and Paul Ryan, Thank versus, you. I'm putting down the crack pipe. I'm Period. going with Barack Obama. Ain't no debate about that, fool. Right. I voted for Obama twice, just like you did. That's not the point. The point is, I felt that every president, then and now, has to be held accountable. And folk didn't get it now. Thankfully, over the years, people are starting to get that I was just trying to hold their brother accountable right. to the best of us and what he said he was going to do. There was never any hate in there. But here's my point, though. Barack Obama never had any coattails. Thank you. Let me see, let me just pause for a second. Tell me 5, 10, 20 Negroes who got elected because of Barack Obama. You can't do it. 
Barack Obama, I ain't hating. He never had coattails. When Jesse runs in 84 and 88, check the record. Black folk got elected all across this country because of Jesse's coattails in 84 and 88. He never got the credit for it. To your point, it saddened me. And some of it had to do with that tape. Let's just let's just call a spade a spade. Right. right. Uh, the Reverend got caught on tape saying something that was that was that was not kind. Yeah. But they don't play the whole tape. The whole tape. They don't play the whole tape. Mm-mm. What he was saying was Barack Obama basically disturbs me because he has a habit of talking down to black people. Right. Well, when he gets elected, and he goes to Morehouse. What was that speech at Morehouse? Talking down to black people. When he goes to when he goes to to to, uh, to, to Brazier's church in Chicago, talking what's he doing? down to black people. So Barack Obama had yeah. take off your house at the Congressional right. Black Caucus. Dinner. Talking down to take black off people. your house yeah. shoes. He had a bad habit at times. Yeah. At times of talking down to black people. That's what Jesse was saying that disturbed him about Obama. We play one part of the tape, not the other part of the tape. And so Jesse ends up being demeaned, gets dismissed, does not get invited to the White House during those eight years. He ain't the only one didn't get invited. Right, Let me just right. tell you what I know. <laughs> he wasn't the only one didn't get invited in eight years. So that, that, that happens. But how sad was it for you to watch the ascension of Barack Obama, to see Jesse standing in right. the park? right. And tears running down his face. Oh, my God. But this black man gets elected. Right. But he never got the respect in 08 or in, in 12. Right. It was heartbreaking. And parenthetically, let me just say this, because we as a people have to be mature enough not to make the mistake that we made when ML, when Martin King was critiquing the best friend we've ever had policy-wise. That's right. In the White House, Lyndon Baines Johnson, 64 Civil Rights Bill, 65 Voting Rights Bill, 68 Housing Bill. We got that under Lyndon Baines Johnson, but Martin King, as a prophet of truth, said, yes, policy-wise, you've been good, but I can still in love critique your Vietnam War policy. And so what you were doing was in the tradition of Martin Luther King Jr. by basically saying, Mr. Barack Obama, love you but at the same time I reserve the right to hold you accountable yes you're talking down to us and yes just as you had specific policies that blessed certain communities the LGBTQIA community they can point to what they got from Barack Obama what can we point to that that's that's what I was trying to do. <laughs> uh, I appreciate that somebody understands that. Uh, a lot more to talk about uh, regarding the, the legacy of one Jesse Jackson uh, and and what Frederick Haynes is going to do now. Dr. Haynes, as the leader of uh, President and CEO, specifically of Rainbow Push Coalition, a great deal more to talk about when we come forward on Tavis Smiling. You're listening to Tavis Smiley, Tavis Smiley, ranked number 45 on the heavy hundred list of the 100 most important radio talk show hosts in America. Helping to Helping make, to make you, you the most knowledgeable person in your circle of friends. This is Tavis Smiley. I am Tavis Smiley, and our guest is Dr. Frederick Douglas Haynes III. He is the pastor, the longtime pastor of Friendship West Baptist Church in Dallas. We'll talk about that in a moment. But he's also the new president and CEO of the Rainbow Push Coalition, going back and forth between Dallas and Chicago. He is these days. We'll talk about that as well. Uh, but I'm delighted to have him live in studio uh, with us um, today. Um, we had a, a number of calls, but one, one, one caller uh, called, um, I always laugh at callers who, who call they won't, and I ain't mad at them. Right. They won't get their point across. They don't right. want to come on the air. I understand that. Right. It's okay. Uh, that's good. Um, but somebody called and asked whether or not, as we were discussing moments ago, uh, Obama not ha- nope, Obama not having any coattails politically. He didn't. Somebody asked whether or not 
Kamala Harris and Ketanji Brown Jackson and 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 Biden and others in this iteration of the Democratic Party are the Obama coattails. So there's a four year leap there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that ignores that if there are coattails to Obama, it's Trump and Trumpism, mm-hmm. which was the immediate reaction That's right. to the eight years of Barack Obama. If you don't have, we had this discussion mm-hmm. uh, during the break, if we don't have eight years of Barack Obama, even though there is an atmosphere, always an undercurrent, I, I should say, mm-hmm. where Trumpism can rise, at the same time, Trump became a reality because it was a direct backlash to That's right. Barack Obama. Mm-hmm. I mean, or, or, or blacklash, if That's, you please. That's right. And so the blacklash to Barack Obama was Donald Trump. And so we had four years to regroup, as it were. And the regrouping didn't have anything to do with Barack Obama. That's right. It had everything to do with the fact that we did our groundwork. Anybody but Trump. Anybody but Trump. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. we came together and fought for that. And so Katanji Brown Jackson and 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 the vice president, Madam Vice President, they are responses to the groundwork that was mm-hmm. done that said anybody but Donald Trump. Again, I love Barack Obama. I voted for Barack mm-hmm. Obama. Let's be real clear on that. Yes. But at the same time, let's be clear that Katanji Brown Jackson and Vice President Kamala Harris they were the result of the ground game right. of black folks saying this is the least you can do for us because of all that we've done historically. And if you want to take a leap like that, that goes back to them 7 million voters that Jesse Jackson registered in 84 and 88. No one in the history of this country has been responsible for registering more voters than Reverend Jesse Jackson. And so that began in 84, 88. So if you want to credit anybody for Katanji Brown Jackson and Vice President Harris let's go back to Jackson but again the ground game of black folk after Trump that basically said this is what we're going to do. There are a number of articles a number of uh, books uh, all kinds of stuff being written now um, given where he is in his life about Jesse Jackson you, yeah. think, you think once he's dead God forbid I mean again we all have to go that oh, yeah. way oh, yeah. do you think it's going to take his dying for him to finally get the respect he deserves let's be real and your book mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm just going to be honest your book about Martin King and his last year, which was so eye-opening, sadly so. Mm-hmm. Martin King was not popular even among black people That's right. in his last year. If King had continued to live, his popularity continues to dwindle right. because we have not learned to measure our heroes and giants until sadly they have fallen. Mm. And so unfortunately, I think that Jesse Jackson is going to fall prey to that. I was in a conversation with our brother, Michael Eric Dyson. He mm. said, unfortunately, uh, Jesse Jackson lived too long, too long. Yeah. And because he Man. lived too long, yeah. we don't fully appreciate who he is, what he's done, and what he's accomplished. How sick is that, my brother? There are some people, I'm sure, who are listening right now who are struck by that comment. But you and I know what we're saying here. Yeah. And it is true that you can live too long. You can live too long. King ends up being a martyr at 39. Yeah. Malcolm, a martyr at 39. 39. Yeah. JFK. There, so 46, yeah. Bobby Kennedy. Yeah. So there are some ways in which you get lionized yeah. because you died so young. Yeah. But if you live long enough, yeah. 
People got to wrestle with your whole body of work. And if you live long enough, because you're human and not divine, you make mistakes. Right. And so you're, you're, the whole frame is different yeah. when you live into your 80s Say that. versus being killed at 39. Say that. Doesn't make the person at 39 better than you. Right. It's just they, they died early enough right. that we didn't have all that. Because, I, mean, I mean, Dr. King is my hero, as, as you know. Without a question. Um, Dyson, to your point, and yeah. I say this all the time, he's the greatest American this country has ever produced. Period. Period. You agree with, with Dyson and me on that. Um, but, you know, after Dr. King's death, all kind of stuff comes out. Yeah. About the fact that he was a public servant. Right. And not a perfect servant. Thank you. Not unlike Jesse Jackson. Thank you. Jesse just lived longer. Yeah. But they're both public servants, not perfect servants. And so there is something that gets protected, if you will, if you if you die soon. No you question. Die no question. And yeah. so Jesse has lived a long time. Mm-hmm. And, again, his body of work now, if you want to get into the fact that he's imperfect, mm-hmm. well, who among us is perfect? That he without sin. Come on. Cast the first Cast stone. The first stone. Yeah. But look at the body of his work, man. Mm-hmm. I'm reading a recent bio of his, and they're talking about what he did in Armenia and, and how he's revered in Africa. He took the civil rights movement global. Mm-hmm. And because he took it global, there is a certain moral appreciation and authority that he has perhaps in other parts of the mm-hmm. globe that he does not have even in the black community in the United States of America. And I think that's unfortunate. And I think that sadly, we may miss out on fully appreciating him until we get to the funeral. God forbid. Mm-hmm. I don't want that to happen anytime soon. Mm-hmm. But you know how Negroes get at a funeral. Oh, at yeah. the funeral dock, all of the accolades and the law and the plaudits will come out in a huge way. But it's like, where were you last week? Yeah. Where were you last year? Yeah. When this man was still living, still impacting. You know, last week. He was in Chicago on a picket line with a group of hospital workers Mm. trying to ensure they got living wages. And because he stood with them, his moral presence caused those who were in power to say, we got to back off of this. That's not appreciated even right now. And the sad thing is, but let him pass away. And before you know it, what he did last week becomes, as you said, lionized. Mm -hmm. We can't wait until our heroes die because the sad thing is other folk are killing them day by day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know this because you travel with him uh, probably had, probably more than I have. I've, I've done my share of traveling with him. You drop Jesse Jackson right now anywhere in Africa. Come on, man. And, and there's a parade. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it, yes. So, it, it, again, you, you're, you're, the, you're the preacher. You're the prophet. Yeah. But the Bible I read says a prophet is without honor. In his own land. In his own land. Come on. So he doesn't get the respect here yeah. that he gets around the globe. Yeah. And so, again, now that he's in his 80s and has Parkinson's, um, I think people are starting to, again, rethink his legacy, and, and that's a beautiful thing. When we come forward, I want to talk. I, my time is getting tight. We can do this for hours, man. I, I should I I have booked you for two hours <laughs> and not just this one hour. Uh, when we come forward, though, I want to I want to talk about your backstory. Um, Doctor West and I were talking the other day, and I've known I've known Freddie Haynes, my my, my brother, for 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 thirty plus years. Yeah, and and Doctor West clued me into something critical about your backstory. Wow, like yesterday. Wow, that I did not know. I didn't know that part, and I was just sitting there like staring. I was like, "Are you serious, Doctor West?" So if the audience doesn't know it, they're gonna find out about it when we come forward with with Doctor Frederick Haynes on Tavismon. <laughs> Seeking the truth, the truth. Speaking, Speaking the truth. The truth. This, this is the Tavis, Tavis Smiley, Smiley Show. Smiley Show.
A fresh daily in Lemert Park, Los Angeles, California. You're listening to Tavis Smiley. I was telling my friend Freddie Haynes uh, that he's in good good company uh, with those who didn't want to 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 assume leadership. Got Moses right. didn't want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor King and, and Montgomery didn't want to do it. Preach, man. Jesus didn't want to go to the cross. Ain't no way. <laughs> and, and you didn't want to lead. <laughs> The Rainbow Push Coalition. So you're you're in good company with Moses, <laughs> Jesus, and Martin. You're in good company. Um, I was saying earlier, and I'm watching my time. It's getting tight. So Dr. West and I were talking uh, yesterday and a couple of days ago, and I told him you were coming on the program. He said, "Man, I love that Freddie. He said, I love that Freddie Haynes. I love, love that Cornel brother West. Freddie Haynes, man. Yeah. He's announcing his candidacy this weekend in Mississippi. So it's, awesome. it's the official kickoff." His presidential campaign is this weekend in Mississippi. I got to pop down there to That's powerful. interview him this weekend, I think, in Mississippi, my, the, my birth state. But he was telling me about your father. Yeah. Who, and I, if I'm too sensitive, tell me and I'll back no, up here. No, we're good. Yeah. But he told me your father, I knew your father was a preacher and your grandfather, you, you're from right. a line of preachers. Right. But your father actually died in the pulpit? Yeah, yeah. He was, uh, matter of fact, uh, E.V. Hill was yeah. our guest preacher the fifth oh, Sunday yeah. in August of 1975. And my dad was up introducing him, and in the process, he had a stroke of the brain and passed away uh, three days later. And that third day was my first day of high school. So my high school matriculation begins with the death of my dad, for whom I'm named. He's Frederick Douglass Haynes, Jr. I'm Frederick Douglass Haynes III. And so uh, his death was traumatizing. And at the same time, I say this with with all due respect, it also set me free to be a man Mm. because I was broken by his death, but it released from within me this childish dependence on him because he was my hero. He was Mm. my icon. I looked up to him. My life revolved around him. And then all of a sudden, I had to depend on the same God he depended upon Mm. as opposed to him being my God who I depended upon. So it was a traumatic day, but I look back on it now was also a a liberating day. What did that do to your faith? Here you are depending on your father. Yeah. Uh, You're from a line of preachers and your, and, 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 and God almighty takes your father from you. Yeah. And you ain't started high school yet. Right. And so what it did on the one hand, it shattered it because Mm. my whole belief system I look back on it now was in my dad and my dad's faith. So the God I had mm. was both my dad, God with the small G, but it's through and 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 his God was my God through his prism. So I didn't have a personal relationship mm-hmm. with God. I basically saw God through my dad's eyes, who was really my God. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, my real God with a small G is dead at the age of 46. Mm. He's 46 years old, stroke of the brain. And it opened up my eyes to a whole lot that I didn't want to see. For example, you know, God perhaps calling me to preach. And I was like, Whitney Houston, God bless you. Hail to the no. I do not want to preach if this is where it's going to take me. Uh, I don't want to preach. I don't want to deal with black folk like this, especially <laughs> black church folk. And I ran from it because yeah. I felt a sense of call about a year later. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, no, uh-uh, God, we're going we're gonna to do something different. One thing is for sure. Um, uh, I had the same experience. My mother, I'm, I'm a PK. My mother's a preacher. 
Um, that's right. She sure is. That's right. Evangelist, yeah. yeah. And one thing I've learned, and you know well, you just made it clear, that no matter who you are connected to Jesus through, yeah. at some point, you got to have your own relationship. Say that. At Mama some, may have, Papa may have. <laughs> God bless the child. Yes, sir. That's God is on. Our remaining moments with Dr. Frederick Haynes when we come forward on Tavis Smiling. Hope, agency, dignity. This is Tavis Smiley. Can you Let's get back to more of this rich dialogue with Tavis Smiley. Uh, our remaining moments now with Dr. Frederick Haynes, who's a new CEO and president of the Rainbow Push Coalition. So uh, we got four minutes here, uh, Dr. Haynes. I wish we had more time, brother. Um, this has been rich. But um, so you've accepted now. <laughs> so, <laughs> you, you, you can't turn back now. Um, what, 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 what do you hope to accomplish uh, at this stage uh, of Rainbow Push Coalition's uh, journey? Well, A, what Jesse Jackson has outlined by way of a foundation for me provides the blueprint for us going forward. Mm -hmm. uh, number one, Rainbow Push is rooted in economic justice, the fight for economic justice. There is no Rainbow Push without thinking about Breadbasket. Mm -hmm. Breadbasket, where there was a determination to have bread on every table. And so economically, when we think about where we are as a people right now, sadly, the wealth gap, 10 to 1 between whites and blacks. 2053, uh, it's, pro it's projected that the net worth of black America will be at zero. The vision of Jesse Jackson is a blueprint to ensure that that does not take place. Mm -hmm. And so we will continue the fight for economic justice. We will continue to attack income inequality. We will continue to give a voice for those who are poor, those who are being held back by systems of injustice. We're going to fight poverty and not fight the poor. But not only that, educational justice. In this nation at this time, there is a determination to engage in what Jacob Carruthers called historicide, mm -hmm. murdering the memory of this nation so that through the politics of gaslighting, lies can continue to lock us up since the truth sets us free. So we will continue what Jesse started way back then when he was going from school to school, not only firing up students, but also ensuring that resources were given to educational institutions where we were attending. I am somebody. I am somebody. I, am somebody. I mean, yeah. he was doing that back then, Doc. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And not only that, but we must, we must engage now in the fight for environmental justice. Mm -hmm. Climate change is real. Here we are in L.A. Man, we had something crazy yesterday. Yeah, man. The vestiges of a hurricane and an earthquake took mm -hmm. place. But here's the thing. Because of environmental racism, black and brown people, poor communities, catch hell first when it comes to yeah. the attack that comes from climate change. And so we're going to be on the front lines fighting against climate change. And so the audience won't be mad at me. Just give me 30 seconds of that keep on flapping that you broke out at uh, Rainbow Push. <laughs> yeah, there was a bird named Hope yeah. uh, that scientists tracked for a few years. And this bird was going from the north to the south, came into a hurricane, and scientists lost track of Hope, and yet Hope kept on flapping. And before they knew it, hope had reached her destination in spite of the hurricane. And so I just learned sometimes even through a hurricane, you got to keep on flapping. That's it. I, I, 
that thing will preach, man. As a matter of fact, it, it did preach. Uh, so if you didn't get nothing else out of this conversation, what, what Freddie Haynes and Tavis are telling you flapping. is just keep on flapping. Whatever you're dealing with, whatever you're going through, keep on just flapping. keep on flapping. Dr. Frederick Douglas Haynes III is the new president and CEO of the Rainbow Push Coalition, and thankfully his church in Dallas knows they're not losing him. Yeah. So you're still doing Friendship West. Yes, uh, sir. Beautiful, beautiful, first of all, beautiful facility. Thank you. And beautiful Thank people. You. I've been honored Thank to be there, as you know, yes, a number of times. And yeah. I, I love the church, love the people, and, and I, I love you. Thank you. And ain't, love nothing, you, man. ain't nothing you can do about it. I, just I love, love you, bro. Thank you. Uh, come see us again. You keep on flapping. Yeah, there you go. And yeah, you keep on flapping. <laughs>